Hey everyone and welcome to yet another episode of the Irish Knicks Fan Podcast where we talk about beer, basketball and business and not necessarily in that order. I'm your host, Brian Evers, so let's get right into it. In this episode, we're going to talk about what was probably one of the most entertaining games so far this season, which unfortunately for us resulted in yet another heartbreaking defeat against the Memphis Grizzlies on Sunday night. Our guys gave it all that they had, but they just fell short as a result of Ja having an absolute performance for the ages. And then in the second half of the podcast, I want to talk a little bit about the importance of having your house in order. So buckle up and let's go. So in the closing moments of this game, when everything hung in the balance, I remember thinking to myself, this is Nick's basketball. The energy level, the effort, the commitment on both ends of the court, and even just the garden crowd, like everything was electric. This could have been like a, an NBA like finals game. Like, honestly, I if every performance that we had this season had just that level of buy-in and that level of, like, I don't think I can correctly articulate just the intensity of this game, that on both sides, each player was willing to go to war for their team. Uh, None more so than Mitchell Robinson, who I know I've been bashing on this podcast quite a lot recently. Sad boy, I still love you, but um, Mitch Robinson had his best game as a Nick, in my opinion. Finished with 16.7 rebounds, but was a lot bigger than the numbers would suggest. Every single time somebody drove to the basket, Mitch would alter shots. We had seven blocks as a team, and I think Mitch got most of them. And he was a truly imposing presence down there. And I do remember it said a lot uh, later in the game when uh, Tibbs took Mitch out for a couple of possessions, he immediately put him back in because once you remove the the immovable object, once you take away that inside threat, and um, the Grizzlies were immediately looking to capitalize on that. Like the game plan on both sides in this game was a playoff level intensity. I mean, the rotations were on point, the level of effort on both sides kind of made you forget that this was a game taking place, you know, on the in the end of November. Like if this is what we have to look forward to going forward this season, then we're in a really good place. I know we lost and we're sitting at two games below 500. This is not how we wanted to be, um, you know, 20 games into the season. I remember reading something recently that you can basically tell a lot about a team, who they really are after the first 20 games, and that often the numbers tend to average out and you're get like the snapshot that you have now is probably somewhere a- around where things will finish up when all 82 games have been played. Now I hope that that's not the case because I don't think that's going to be good enough to make the playoffs this year. But we'll see. But you know, sometimes uh no matter how hard you try and 
no matter how much of your heart and soul that you put into something, things just don't go your way. And that's what happened last night. I mean, apart from Mitch, we had some huge performances. Our guy, RJ, had a, ba- a bounce-back game of some of sorts, uh, finished with 22 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. Julius Randle was 1 assist shy of a triple-double, 14 points, 9, re- or nine assists, 10 rebounds. You know, Jalen Brunson was an absolute terror out there yet again. Finished the game with 30 points, 9 assists, 5 rebounds, and in the fourth quarter, with the game on the line, scored 17 points. You know, like, in the fourth quarter alone. In the fourth quarter alone. Like, that's... He... Every single game, he's doing things that... Are, is justifying the $104 million contract that we gave him in the offseason. Every single game, he's giving you an, a, at least 10 more reasons to love him and to be in his corner and to be cheering him on as a Knicks fan. Every single game, even just listening to how the opposing announcers are talking about him and the level of respect for his game that everybody around the league appears to have, I think we may have got it right with this one. I mean, yes, we lost the game. But as we've talked about on this podcast, uh, there is such thing as a moral victory. And our guys show tonight that they can flip the switch and go into playoff basketball mode, that they can go up against a team in the Grizzlies that are touted as like dark horse finals contenders and push them to the absolute brink. I mean, some other um, just notable mentions before I move on. I mean, we had Cam Reddish with 11 points off the bench, had some very, very timely baskets. We had, you know, uh, Obi Toppin with nine points again, uh, seemed to pick his spots and do as much as he could with the time that he was given. Hashtag let Obi Obi play. But really, you know, it, it came down to the three-headed monster, the three-headed snake, um, you know, RJ with 22, Julius with 14, and Jalen with 30. So we're talking about, you know, our three best guys com- combining for, what, 66 points? I mean, you know, with Mitch- Mitchell Robinson playing the level of basketball that he was playing, I mean, we couldn't ask for much more from our guys. Um, but this night unfortunately belonged to Mr. Ja Morant. I mean, he started off the game slow. Um, you know, <laughs> when I say slow, he was still kind of on triple-double watch early with like eight points, you know, seven assists and six rebounds, you know, before the first half had even concluded. But you could see that as the game went on, he was getting more and more comfortable under the bright lights of the garden, was making more and more big plays down the stretch was scoring at will and had a number of just Jamarant doing Jamarant type highlight plays, you know, floating through the air and with that crazy hang time that only he has. For the first half, I honestly thought, you know, he doesn't look 100% still after his ankle sprain. Uh, But in the second half, 
again, I think maybe the adrenaline kicked in. Maybe he was done being the facilitator. I mean, he did finish the game with 14 assists, which was, this, I think, the most by any Grizzly in their history against the New York Knicks. Um, you know, 10 rebounds too. They were big rebounds at key points in the game. I mean, there was one particular play that was kind of the heartbreaker and just shows the level of creativity and just magic that somebody like Ja possesses. So he took on his, his defender one-on-one after backing him out to the halfway line or thereabouts. And then as he was going to the basket, tried a 360 layup. A 360 layup. Like, who even thinks to do that? Like, who even thinks in that kind of tight game with the highest of stakes, like playoff intensity, I'm going to go to the basket and I'm going to do a 360 layup. And I think he kind of confused their guys. They were kind of like, what is he doing? And then he actually got blocked on that play but then his immediate second effort put a you know, just a little bunny, a little quick layup into the basket and with three Knicks standing around him. And I honestly think that even though there were some other big plays down the stretch, like that was the play that kind of, I guess, broke the camel's back. Um, this was just one of those games, right? Where as a Knicks fan, you think, Oh, we're going to come back. We're going to come back. I saw a really funny meme. Uh, apologies, I can't remember who it was from. Where, you know, how do I keep allowing myself to believe in the these fake New York Knicks comebacks after all these years? I mean, truer words have never been spoken. Um, it, it Like last season alone, we had 30 plus games exactly like this, where if you know, give or take a couple of things not going our way. Um, you know, we would have had a very different uh, outcome. I think I've mentioned this before, but we had 30 plus games where we lost by seven points or less, meaning the games were really there to be won. And this was another one of those games. I mean, we went into the fourth down by 10, as we often do. Clawed our way back because... Jalen Brunson basically became like a superhero and made all the right decisions down the stretch. I mean, the I I know I mentioned this on my Instagram story um, last night, you know, as an immediate reaction to the game, but the Knicks shot 67% as a team in the fourth quarter alone, had zero turnovers, and Jalen, as I mentioned earlier, had 17 points, 17 of his 30 in the fourth quarter. So, like, he definitely went down swing. And, you know, in some of these other games, it's fair to say that he was the only one fighting out there. But, like, in this case, he was backed up by the rest of his team. And sometimes you just lose a close game. And it's nothing to hang your head over. Um you know, we've talked about this even in the, I think, in the early uh, loss that we had to the Celtics um, close to the beginning of the season where, you know, for 92% of the game, we were right there with, you know, at one of the teams that are considered, again, one of the best teams in the league. 
And, you know, maybe you can make an argument for that's what makes them elite is that in games like this, they figure out a way to actually win. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's so many positives we could take from this. Um, you know, Mitchell Robinson looking healthy again, for one. I mean, uh, sad boy, you might have to do a little bit more fighting to uh, get those minutes. Uh, Julius, funnily enough, um, although he was one assist shy of, of a shy of a t- triple double, he only did finish the game with fourteen points, which we know is below his average, which is just above twenty. So he could still work on some better decision making. But overall, this was one of those games that made me proud to be a Knicks fan. Uh, it was so exciting and. Like again, we we got treated to a a game that like if this was a playoff game with playoff stakes, this would be the type of game they'd be showing on NBA TV forever. You know, this was a game for the ages that happened in November. You know, and I did hear a different podcast recently where they're kind of talking about the parity on both sides of the league that in the West the difference between the number one seed and the 10 seed is like two games. And in the East, it's something similar. I mean, this is one of those seasons where every game seems to matter so much to each team. Now we'll see if that continues, especially after the all-star break and, you know, in the lead up to the playoffs, when certain teams realize that they don't have, you know, enough games left to make up the difference and people start to tank. But, for now, this has been one of the single greatest and most competitive seasons in NBA history. And as a result, although I'm pretty disappointed uh, that we are two games below 500 right now at 9 and 11, like if we go on a five to seven game ro- uh, winning streak at any point between now and like the end of February, like we we're right in that playoff mix, so let's hang our let's not hang our heads. Let's dust ourselves off. Let's take this for what it was, which was one of the single greatest performances individually and collectively that we've had so far this season. I mean, the final score says it all: one twenty-seven to one one twenty-three. So, like, we can, I guess, apart from all of the love bombing I've just done about our guys and how well they played. I mean, we have been giving up an average of about 130 points a game in the last four home games. So like, we really need to figure out a way to address that. I mean, (sighs) yeah, as you can see, I have a lot of conflicted thoughts about this. I think that we can take a lot of good from this, but also you know, we shouldn't be scoring over 120 points and still losing the game. It means that, you know, really what let us down here was not the offense. It was, although defense intensity existed, like we shouldn't be letting people come into our home court and, you know, just casually dropping 130 on us consistently. Um, but as I said, um, let's take this for what it was. It was an absolute war. <clears throat> excuse me, that, you know, our guys were, were up for this. 
They gave it everything. They left it all on the floor and it just didn't work out for us this day. But there's so many more games. It's a long ass season. And in the next two weeks alone, I think we've got like eight or nine games. So lots of time to make up the difference. Lots of time to put a lot of the lessons from these last couple of absolute wars that we've been in into practice and to show the rest of the league that we are not to be fucked with and that we have some serious playoff hopes for this season. So again, um, you know, hats off to Ja Morant for a truly remarkable performance. Uh, it was pretty cool to see him signing his jersey uh, for his dad, who had made a special request to to keep that jersey forever. I mean, a triple-double done the way that he did it with the way that he played under the bright lights in the garden like this just such a special special feeling um when it comes to having those type of superstar performances in the mecca of all places that even the away team uh, understands like the like how uh, like one how it's a one of one experience uh you know playing in the garden um, you know, <laughs> I I think it just says everything we need to know. And um, I cannot wait to go to some games uh, once I get there in February. So when we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit of more on the business side about the importance of having your house in order. And then I want to bring back some segments that we have kind of forgotten about here on this podcast. So um, I'll be back shortly. Hey everyone, so we're back. Um, I was going to talk about the importance of getting your house in order and by that I mean getting your priorities straight and creating the clarity that you need to execute by understanding at a deep visceral level what you want, why you want it, when do you want it to happen by and why should anybody care. But if I'm completely honest, my brain is fried. Uh, it's been a really long day. I'm absolutely exhausted. I've tried to record this segment like 50 times and I don't even really know what I'm saying anymore. But I really want to stick with it and I want to soldier on because I want to keep the promise that I made to myself and to you about getting this podcast out into the world and maybe my struggles could be you know, somebody else's inspiration. I don't know. I'm frustrated and tired. And I know what I'm trying to say, but I can't find the words to say it. I guess this is the creative process, right? Uh, funny thing is, I really don't consider myself a very creative person. Uh, creative in some ways, I guess, but like, this is so far outside of my comfort zone that when I'm not in my optimum state, this is a much bigger struggle than it, it should be, or at least that I feel like it should be. And oh, it's so frustrating. Um, but let's give this a go. So some of the things I wanted to cover off tonight was 
how important it was for this podcast to get the live event locked in the calendar and give us no option but to rise to the occasion and actually get the reps in between now and April so that we can deliver an in-person experience that you'll never forget and that like create one of those you had to be there kind of experiences. As I've just mentioned, it's half nine at night. I've had a really long, tiring day and I can't seem to find the words right now, but what I was trying to get to was that you need to get clear on what you want, why you want it, when do you want it to happen by, and why should anybody care? Because when you're clear on those specific things, it it creates a pathway to where you can ultimately take this thing. That things like basic principles, like beginning with the end in mind, kind of clear the way for better decision-making overall, for example. Like now that we have that in-person event to work towards, decisions around whether or not we should invest in better audio and video equipment to put put higher quality content out into the world the answer has to be yes whether it's to invest in merch in the lead up to the event so that we can do giveaways and create buzz and excitement and send them to potential partners and sponsors of the events and do everything we can to create as much positive, meaningful momentum leading to the event and also have something that we can wear with pride every single day in the lead up to the event itself. The answer has to be yes. I can't wait to wear my Irish Knicks fan podcast hoodie, t-shirt, hat, like fucking beanie, sweatpants, everything we can get. Like it's going to be a walking billboard for what we're building and I'm going to wear that shit with pride even on days like today where my head is absolutely melted when you're making decisions of whether you need to invest in a quality website something that we haven't done yet but that we're working on the answer has to be yes because right now if we were to connect with the perfect sponsor who was dying to give us some money (laughs) or just even to sponsor the in-person event with some beer or some glasses or whatever, when they look up the Irish Knicks fan podcast, yeah, they'll find the podcast feed, which is good. Like I stand over every episode we've published and I know that there's little elements of greatness in each individual episode. And as a catalog, it's strong as fuck as like already. And that's why the numbers are so good. Like, even after a month, like it's organic and it's, and like the numbers are speaking for themselves, but us not having a, a website, like it hurts us for sure. So it's something that is very high on the priority list to get some meaningful progress uh, made in that area between now and Christmas. Um, so that when we do kind of get on that plane to go to New York in February, that anybody I meet during that three-week period, I can give them a a, a business card that with a QR code that takes them directly to, you know, 
the podcast or or to the website itself or to the Eventbrite link for the in-person event and maybe even directly to a, a place where they could buy a virtual ticket for the event. But again, all of these things, you know, they don't exist yet. Now, they're in progress. But again, if we didn't have that North Star, that, that, that carrot, that like the clear thing that we're working towards a lot of those decisions would be a lot harder to make there'd be a lot more you know sitting on the fence there'd be a lot more hesitancy like maybe we don't need to invest money in merch maybe your fancy fucking iphone will be enough and you don't need to invest in a better mic a better camera you know some lighting maybe even maybe all those things can wait but maybe they can't that's the point like yes we talk about things you know like daily practices like getting enough sleep drinking enough water going to the gym eating healthy all these things that we talk about journaling meditation all like all of which i could probably do with right now uh to get us in an optimal state uh to be at our best but that's only part of the equation the other side is everything I just talked about plus all the shit you don't want to do. The boring shit, the admin shit, getting the bank accounts set up, getting the fucking like most mundane things like the actual business documentation, getting all that in order, like making sure that you're actually keeping a, a budget of money in, money out because without a PL without you holding yourself accountable to this type of you know forensic uh note taking and and uh bookkeeping it's just a fucking hobby like if you want this to be the business and uh, the mega business the 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 type of business that like Spotify would potentially even want to acquire for hundreds of millions of dollars the decisions you make today are going to influence that outcome in ways that you haven't even thought of yet and yes i know this is a rant uh, of epic proportions and i know it's very specific to the frustrations that i'm feeling now as part of the creative process and putting something like this out into the world but it's all fucking relevant how many of you are not realizing your full potential because you're not taking this type of stuff seriously? How many of you are capping your upside because you, you will avoid the things that you don't want to do? How many of you are sitting on ideas like this podcast that could be opening doors to higher levels of success, happiness, and fulfillment that you couldn't even imagine right now? How many of those ideas are just fucking pontifications at the end of an empty pint of Guinness? Because you didn't take action. Like, having your house in order, to me, it means taking your life and yourself seriously. It means taking pride in your work and everything that you do. It means being a good person and treating everybody around you with dignity and respect. 
But mo- most importantly, it means res- like giving that greatness inside of you the respect and acknowledgement that it deserves. And that you actually like, like honestly, the footnote to this very frustrating episode of the podcast is that you actually owe it to yourself to put these things in place, to start taking steps towards the best possible version of yourself to, to, to put that project out into the world, to reach out to that person that you know potentially could add so much value to your life in so many different ways, to let go of all of the fear, the self-doubt, the imposter syndrome, every fucking excuse you ever told yourself as to why this wouldn't work. Just fucking do it. Like, just fucking do it. You've got nothing to lose. And you know what? Even if you did the full exercise of what the absolute worst case scenario would look like, I bet you'd actually be pretty shocked at how manageable that would be. I don't know if there was any value in this rant. And there's a part of me that really doesn't want to publish this episode. (laughs) Honestly, I just want to go to bed. But I hope that there's some value, that there's some nugget, that there's some little kernel of a catalyst in there somewhere that can give you the kick up the arse you need to take the action that you've been refusing to take. There's a great book actually called The Obstacle is the Way. And the whole idea of that book is the very thing that you're trying to avoid, the very thing that you don't want to confront, that actually removing that obstacle is the single greatest thing that you can do in pursuit of your, you know, your higher purpose, that the obstacle is the way because it fucking is. And I can't overstate how long it has taken me to get to this mental state (laughs) and to have actually been able to articulate even 10% of what I've tried to pour into this episode. I did want to add in like kind of thoughts on beer, on craft beer corner, tech corner, uh, I did at least recommend some books. There's there's other things I wanted to include in this episode, but I think at face value, we might have uncovered something here. And if not, I hope that you give me some grace on this episode. I promise that I'll come back rested and, you know, sharp and ready to absolutely body our next episode. Um. I did my best and hopefully it'll be enough at least for this episode. So uh, until next time, guys, get some sleep and uh, let's go Knicks.